This is James Schofield, creator of the stories in Behind the Bottom Line. In season six, I'm taking you away from your everyday routine and we're going to Venice with an exhausted young executive called Emily Lee, who badly needs a holiday. This is episode four, so let's find out what's happened so far. Emily has started her wellness program at Caliban Leone's Wellness Center on the island of Pacelli. Although she likes being there, some strange things have been going on around her. What's being taken on and off the island by boat in the middle of the night? And what was in the herbal tea that caused Emily to behave so strangely during the early morning yoga session? So make yourself a cappuccino or mix an Aperol spritz and get ready to listen to episode four of Peril in Venice. Chapter seven, something in the cellar. Maria was an extremely good masseuse. Emily's plan to ask questions was delayed while she was massaged and squeezed until she felt as if everything in her body had been taken out, shaken down, cleaned and put back into the correct place. In next to no time she felt better than she could ever remember. If only she could have an answer to those questions. Without meaning to, she sighed. What's the matter, Emily? Did I hurt you? No, no, not at all. It's it's just... There was something I didn't understand about today. Maria's fingers continued pressing points in her feet. Yes? Maria, do you think Dr. Leone put some drug in the tea? I mean, I've never done anything like that before. Never. And, well... I saw Jason coming out of Dr. Leone's house late at night. And why was Milos taking him out in the boat at three o'clock in the morning? Ow! Did you do that? A short, sharp pain in her back was somehow connected to a spot Maria had suddenly pressed on her foot. Oh, I'm sorry. Perhaps you should speak to the dottore yourself? If you're wasting time worrying like this, then you won't enjoy your holiday. Thirty minutes later, Emily was sitting in Leone's office, feeling stupid, while Maria explained to Leone about Emily's doubts. It all suddenly seemed hysterical. But Leone took her seriously. Of course, Emily, after your experience this morning, I understand your worries. First of all, let me explain about Jason Tucker. He is a young man who has many problems. And when he comes here, I spend a lot of time with him, as you saw. Sometimes until late at night. Milos took him to the airport at that time because the boat ride from here to there takes nearly an hour and he had to catch an early morning flight. 
now. The T. As you know, I spent a long time in the East, and the tea is made of certain plants and herbs that are commonly used to help meditation. Come and see my mixing room. Maria, you are looking after Sergei, I think. Can you talk to him and make sure he doesn't try to bring his camera to breakfast tomorrow? He may have taken Emily's offer seriously. Leonie and Emily went across the garden to his small house. The door was unlocked and a fat ginger cat lay asleep on one of the cushions in the living room. Beyond this was a large glass conservatory lined with long tables. On the floor in front of them were large boxes and bags. A strong, peppery, grassy smell filled the air. Leone picked up different dried substances and as he continued talking, weighed and mixed them together, his hands working quickly and easily as if he had a lot of practice. Here is ephedrai, kava kava, ginseng, guarana and, very important for the flavour, ceylon tea. Normally, the effect is to relax people and allow them to open up their spiritual mind, clean out negative thoughts and feel more positive about people and life. People in the West call this herbal ecstasy. It's all totally legal. You don't need to worry about that. What was unusual about your reaction was that it was so extreme. It was as if you had taken some chemical ecstasy. You should be careful. I don't like to think what could happen if you took some of that stuff. Why did I react like that? Emily felt as if she had failed Leonie and the group somehow. You are just more sensitive than most people. For the time being, I think you should try the yoga without the tea. It was silly, but Emily felt special. Leonie had a nice way to make people feel good. In an upstairs room, a telephone rang. Excuse me, Emily. Have a look around my mixing room. I will be back in a moment. He disappeared and Emily heard him talking very fast in Italian. She sniffed the dried leaves and crumbled some between her fingers, then went over to look out of the window. It was very beautiful, the sun on the water, the outline of Venice in the background. Sergei had set up his camera on the grass and was practicing his yoga in front of it, while further away Maria was chatting with Paolo. She went over and stroked the cat. He sat up, stretched himself, then jumped down and went into the hall. Emily saw him disappear through a small door, half hidden by shadows. She listened for a moment. Leonie was still talking on the phone. She pushed the door open 
and went down some stairs into a brightly lit cellar. The cat turned, hissed at her, then shot back up and out into the garden. Emily followed, quietly shut the door, walked out into the sunshine and sat down on a bench. Now what was a yoga and meditation teacher doing with a full-scale chemical laboratory in his cellar? Chapter 8. Night Fight Well, he studied chemistry, darling. Everybody knows that. I expect he does all sorts of fascinating experiments late at night. Just because he's a yoga teacher doesn't mean he has to be always looking for nirvana. He's a man, and men like playing with toys like that. Now, my second husband, Bobby, you couldn't get him out of. Emily only half listened as Dottie told her about Bobby's interest in train sets. Dottie was right. When you looked at it logically, there was a reasonable explanation for everything. From now on, she would concentrate on enjoying her stay. And she did. The days passed quickly. Emily spent her time swimming, rowing, doing tea-less yoga and repeating to Sergei that she didn't want to be in his films. Paolo's food and the weather were wonderful and she liked the other guests, even Sergei. She talked a lot with Maria. Emily was right about her interest in Paolo. They planned to marry and open their own restaurant in Venice. We asked Dottore Leone to lend us some money to start up. He said he would think about it. Privately, Emily thought Leone would be mad if he let two such talented people leave the centre. But she didn't say so to Maria. Come and see me in Venice sometime next week, she said. You could meet me at my hotel and we could do something together. Maria was pleased. They arranged a date and Emily gave her the address and her mobile phone number. She saw very little of Milos during the rest of her stay. Every morning his boat set off early and he would return before lunch with food, post or anything that was needed from the mainland. Mostly the guests and the other staff kept away from him. Emily only ever saw him really talking to Leone. On her final night at the centre, she went to her room early and started to pack some of her clothes. She had enjoyed herself and definitely felt much healthier and more relaxed than when she had arrived. But she still had the feeling that not everything about the place was as transparent as it should be. She lay down thinking about some of the strange things that had happened. The unpleasant Jason Tucker and aggressive Milos. The strange deliveries to Leone's house. Her reaction to the herbal tea and Leone's laboratory equipment. It was confusing, strange, 
such a lot to tell Filippo. Gradually her eyelids grew heavier and she fell asleep. A short scream suddenly woke her. She went onto the balcony. Outside, two men were fighting. Milos had Paolo pressed up against the wall of the restaurant with his hands around his neck while Maria was pulling at Milos's arms. Emily was about to run down when the door of Leone's house flew open. He shouted something at Milos in a language Emily didn't know. Croatian, perhaps. And slowly, Milos released Paolo. He fell to the ground and Maria knelt down and put her arms around him as if to protect him from Milos. Leone ran over to Milos and slapped him hard in the face. Milos looked for a moment as if he would hit him back but the older man just stared him down. There was silence for a moment then Leone gave Maria an order in Italian. She helped Paolo to his feet and together they went inside the building where they had their rooms. Leone pushed Milos in the direction of his house and shut the door. Everything was silent again. The only sign of life were the lights from Leone's house. Emily thought for a moment, then quickly pulled on jeans and a dark t-shirt and quietly went down the stairs. She opened the outside door and tiptoed across the grass towards the lights. Emily! A voice hissed at her from the darkness. Emily, come back! She stopped. Maria stepped out of the shadows, grabbed her arm and dragged her out of sight of Leone's windows. What are you doing? I saw the fight. I wanted to see what Leone and Milos were up to. What are you doing out here? I dropped my key. But you must stay away from them. It's dangerous. What's dangerous, Maria? What's going on? I can help you. No, not now. We know what we're doing. It's going to be fine. You don't need to worry. But what's happening? Go to bed, please. I'll tell you tomorrow, I promise. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please tell your friends about it. Word of mouth is the best way for more people to find out about Behind the Bottom Line. It would also be great if you could visit my website on www.behindthebottomline.com and leave a review there or on Apple Podcast. And for the first 10 people to leave a review about Peril in Venice, I've got a free paperback copy of Peril in Venice, which I will send to you uh, with my autograph in it. So at some point when it's turned into an amazing television series, you can say you have the original version and how much better it is than the television version. Now, if you'd like to read Peril in Venice already because you can't wait until next week, you can just go to the bookshop on my website and you can order either the paper book or ebook version. And in fact, some of my listeners in America have done just that. 
I recently saw some ebook sales for Peril in Venice in the US. So thanks very much to my US listeners and I hope you're enjoying the story. Uh, just don't tell anybody what happens next. And remember, if you want to, you can also order a copy of Double Trouble, the story that featured in season five. That's all on my website on www.behindthebottomline.com. Next week in episode five, Emily's good friend Filippo arrives in Venice to spend some time showing her around the city. But are things going to get quieter? I don't think so. So, until next week, take care and goodbye.